As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Coming up on Ministry in the Marketplace. The Lord almost shook me one morning in my quiet time as I was praying over the city and asking the Lord, how can we help? How can we come alongside our school system? That's a sample of our conversation with today's special guest, Donna Gaines. And it was like the Lord shook me and said, Donna, this is your city. These are your children. What are you doing about it? Ministry in the Marketplace. Times are changing for believers. A new day, a new paradigm is dawning for Christians in the United States. The political and social scenes are shifting. Persecution looms ominously on the horizon. Political correctness overshadows truth. Compromise is preferred to conviction. Truth is blurred, vision declines, and individual liberty evaporates. Is the future all gloom and doom? Does this spell the end of the church? Of course not. We serve a mighty God. His light has always shined brighter in the darkness. But it is a time to take a stand, to reflect Jesus Christ, and to make a difference where we live, where we work, in the marketplace. This is Ministry in the Marketplace. Real people, real lives, making real impact for the Kingdom of God. And here with today's Ministry in the Marketplace is Reverend Richard Hamlet. We're so thankful that you could join us today. I want to refer you to the Word of God, the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad, since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid and said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste? and its gates are burned with fire. The book of Nehemiah, as many of our listeners know, is a book of history in the Old Testament. Nehemiah was actually a government official in the world power of the time, Persia. He was basically like the chief of staff to the king of Persia, and this was a time when Jerusalem had been destroyed by the Babylonians years before. There was much debris and decay and what we would call blight today. That was the condition of the city of David, Jerusalem. And so one day, Nehemiah was stirred of the Lord. In chapter 1, what preceded these verses, he became under great duress when he heard a report of the condition of the decay of Jerusalem. And so he went into the king and in this text today, we see his time of intercession before the most powerful human being in the world at the time, the king of Persia. 
And so there's three observations I want to share with you that come from this verse or within the context of these two verses in Nehemiah. The first one is I want you to see his sorrow. Notice that even this king, when Nehemiah walked in to perform his role as his cupbearer, that he immediately saw that his countenance looked different. In other words, he was physically sick. You know it's no fun being sick. I tell you, in our country today, we're blessed to have many types of medical treatment and prescription drugs. Nehemiah didn't have those during his day, but we know what it's like to be sick. And most of the time, sickness is caused because of something that has been ingested into our body or something in our cells or our bloodstream. But I want to tell you, none of those things were the reason why Nehemiah was sick. Nehemiah was sick because God had put in his heart that the city of Jerusalem, what many call the city of God, that it had now been destroyed and it was in need to be rebuilt. In other words, the marketplace there in Jerusalem had been decimated. God placed on Nehemiah's heart a vision to go back and rebuild the city's gates and the walls, and it was time for revitalization in that marketplace. Now, has there been a time in your life where you have been literally sick or you have been physically impaired or maybe physically disturbed or mentally disturbed because you have been burdened by seeing the onslaught of wickedness within your community? Listen, you can identify with Nehemiah today if that's the case because all was not well. As a matter of fact, all was dark, and he was wanting to be used of God to be a light within God's visible community, the Jewish congregation, as they were reassembling in Jerusalem after the temple had been rebuilt by Zerubbabel. I want you to see, first of all, this sorrow. It was one that was real. And Paul expressed in his epistles that he had a sorrow for the darkness in the world. Friend, your prayer and my prayer today should be that God's kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven, that God, who is the God of restoration, the God of second chances, the God of revitalization, that through his gospel, through his people, through his church, in the highways and byways and communities where God has placed us, that we would have a sorrow that is not a sorrow of man, but hear me, a godly sorrow that things are not right. But what's the second observation? Well, if we're going to have that sorrow from God, we need to have his strategy. Nehemiah had a strategy of going back to Jerusalem, taking a team. Nehemiah was a leader, took a team, and he was going to rebuild Jerusalem. He had a strategy. And his strategy was one that was godly wisdom. No doubt he would have prayed like James instructs us to pray in James chapter 1. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. He understood that he needed wisdom to have a strategy in order to be able to execute and do the work of God in rebuilding the kingdom, the physical kingdom there within the city of Jerusalem. And so he had a strategy in all of our worldwide travels, now almost 60 countries around the world, I have seen many different cultures, and I have seen decimated communities. I have seen much blight. I want to tell you, though, the physical decimation and blight does not come close to being the great level of spiritual blight and darkness and rebellion around the world. There are so many in different cultures today that are going about their daily life without any strategy on reaching those who are outside the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then lastly, we can think about his strength. What was it that kept him going? 
Well, we can fast forward all the way to Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah was there with Ezra, and they had a great worship service and a great time of heaven-sent revival there, celebrating the finishing of the wall in 52 days and how God was glorified. And there's a verse that just stands out in Nehemiah chapter 8. And that verse simply says that Nehemiah said, The joy of the Lord is my strength. And so that's what we want to leave you with today, that God will give you a sorrow for the lost world around you in the marketplace. We pray that God will give you the strategy and that you will look to others for counsel on how you can be effective within your domain, within your culture, within your workplace, within your family, on advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. What you need today also is you need the strength of the Lord. I need the strength of the Lord because as the world and the flesh and the devil seek to delay us and distract us and divert us from advancing the kingdom of God in our own lives, in our own marketplace, oh, it's the joy of the Lord which comes from Jesus himself, Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's not only for the next world, of course. That is for our world, for our life today. And we must have Christ in us before he can live in and through us. So Nehemiah was one who was a leader in his society, but God had placed a burden that his most important role was that he advance the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. God bless you, my friend. Just ahead on Ministry in the Marketplace. One of our tutors came back extremely moved one day. She told her that she loved her. And she said, well, thank you, sweetheart. I love you, too. And she said, do you know why I love you? Because you listen to me. Donna Gaines talks with us about an outreach that is affecting children's lives in some of the most at-risk schools in our city. Next. What is Ministry in the Marketplace? In some ways, the answer is self-explanatory, but defining the concept is essential to effective and efficient ministry. At GMF, we define it as a holistic approach to meeting people in the workplace, where they are, and guiding them to Jesus Christ. It's also encouraging them in their ongoing relationship with Him. We want our colleagues to know Christ personally, not to simply know more about Him. Someone has said, Marketplace Ministry is the army deployed by God in the spiritual war zone of the workplace. But this is a different kind of army. This army fights with spiritual weapons, and that's not hitting people over the head with the Bible. Remember, Jesus is described as a lion, a lamb, and a dove. We are to be as bold as lions concerning truth, as meek as lambs concerning our rights and gentle as doves in sharing and relating to people at our work. Learn more about Ministry in the Marketplace at gmfonline.org. That's gmfonline.org. You're listening to Ministry in the Marketplace. Today in our Real Time in the Marketplace segment, our special guest is Donna Gaines, wife of Bellevue Baptist Church Senior Pastor Dr. Steve Gaines and co-founder of Arise Memphis. It's an outreach that is making a difference in the lives of our at-risk Memphis elementary school children. And here with that conversation is Richard Hamlet. We are so pleased today to have Ms. Donna Gaines with us. Donna, welcome. Thank you, Richard. Donna is the wife of Brother Steve Gaines, who is the pastor of Bellevue Baptist Church. Donna, in her own right and with her own ministry gift set, uh, is being used of God in many different platforms. 
and one of which is one that is in the city of Memphis at this time, dealing with the public schools, and it's called uh, the Arise Memphis Adopt-A-School Program. And so, Donna, we're glad you're with us today. Can you, uh, first of all, tell us what does Arise stand for? <laughs> Certainly, Richard. Actually came from Psalm 78, 6 and 7, as we were praying about a focal passage of Scripture for this Adopt-A-School Program. And that particular passage says that the generation to come might know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children, that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. And the word arise just jumped off the page, and the Lord even gave us an acronym, a renewal in student education and evangelism. So our desire is to break the poverty cycle in our city with the gospel and education. Well, as our listener knows, with this ministry in the marketplace, each week we want to highlight and share with the radio audience what God is doing within ministries in the market all around this world, in this country, and in our home city here in Memphis, Tennessee. And so Donna is leading a wonderful program. Uh, Donna, could you just share with the audience uh, how this Adopt-A-School program works? And I know it's a collaboration. We like that word around here in Gospel-Centered Great Commission Strategies. Could you share with us a little about that? Certainly. I've done quite a bit of work in the city with Ellen Olford, the Women's Ministry Director at Central Church. Um, Ellen was the spearhead behind the Redemption Revival in 09, and so through that effort, got to know a lot of the other churches and ministries in the city. And as we began to pray about how to put together and organize an effort to adopt our inner city schools, Ellen was one of the first people I contacted. So she and I are co-chairs of Arise. We have a website for those who are interested. It is arisememphis.org. But as we began to pray about how to do this, we contacted the school system. And Richard, literally, the Lord almost shook me one morning in my Mm -hmm. quiet time as I was praying uh, over the city and asking the Lord what to do. It was during the school merger time and just saying, Lord, how can we help? How can we come alongside our school system? And it was like the Lord shook me and said, Donna, this is your city. These are your children. What are you doing about it? Well, I called Sarah Jerkins on our staff and said, Sarah, who's our liaison at the school? So she called the volunteer coordinator and she said, you're not going to believe this. My mandate from the board is to increase the number of faith-based organizations that adopt schools. So obviously we knew the Lord was going ahead of us, and He has. Mm -hmm. She sent us the priority school list, which these are the schools that are functioning below the state minimum academic standards. They're at risk of being taken over by the state. And in the state of Tennessee, there are 83 in the entire state. Well, 69 of them are in our city. Mm -hmm. 32 are elementary schools, and 10 of those have been taken over by the state. They're being run by a charter organization, so we decided to focus on the other 22. I'm an educator in background, and I know the importance of early education and of children being on grade level by third grade. So that's our desire, to have them reading on grade level by the third grade. So we've adopted these 22 schools, divided the city into four zones. We have a church that is the point church for each of the zones, and we are actively recruiting and training churches to adopt these schools, send in volunteers to tutor these children one hour a week, and we want to take the education level of the children up, but we also want to partner with a church in the neighborhood so we can minister to the entire family, and that's where we get to share the gospel. As you have these relationships, not to put you on the spot today, but is there any kind of a story that you could share with maybe one of these students or families or something that just comes to mind about how how God has worked already? Oh, absolutely. Our tutors, we had just under 200 of our own people going to Treadwell Elementary. That's the school that Bellevue has adopted. And we are actually overseeing the North Zone, which is the Fraser area, and are actively recruiting 
churches to adopt those schools. We have three of them fully adopted. We've also started Good News Clubs in all three of those. So we've just been hearing some tremendous stories. But one of our tutors came back extremely moved one day, and we call them coaches, actually. Uh, But she said, you're not going to believe what my child's little girl in the second grade said. And she told her that she she loved her. And she said, well, thank you, sweetheart. I love you, too. And she said, do you know why I love you? And she said, no, why? And she said, because you listen to me. Mm. So not only are these tutor coaches able to help these children educationally, they're developing relationships. And one of the things we tell them is many of these children don't have anybody who follows through and is really responsible, who does what they've committed to do for them. And just the fact that you show up every week is mm-hmm. very meaningful for these children. And we found that to be true. But i tell you something else we did, Richard. Our women's ministry had an event recently, and we asked the women, instead of purchasing a ticket, to bring a pair of shoes for an inner city child. That was their ticket into the event. Well, we took up those shoes. They were inventoried, and we had 326 pair of shoes for children, boys and girls, ranked and divided up by size. Well, I was in on a meeting just two weeks ago with the administrators at Treadwell, and basically we were evaluating how they feel the year had gone, what can we do for next year, and laying out the calendar for next year. One of the things they want is a clothing closet. And the counselor said, as a matter of fact, one of our teachers today left on her lunch break to purchase a pair of shoes for a child in her, her class. Well, I had that shoe inventory with me, and I was able to whip that out and hand it to her and say, would this help you get started <laughs> on wow. that clothing closet? And I tell you what, it was a sweet moment. Well, that, that, that is awesome. Some of these schools that are on your list or on the state list— right. Uh, with some of the GMF properties that uh, we own here in Memphis, mm-hmm. the low-income properties, some of these schools are within or near the, the properties where our housing communities are. That's so, true. So it's neat to see how the educational side and the, what Rise is doing, and then really that's even an entree with some of our residents right. and getting into their household because the bottom line is that Jesus Christ be shared with these families. That's right. And we're interested in them having education, but as Donna would say, and she has said, I mean, their personal relationship with Jesus Christ is the priority. That's right. And it's just neat to see how God uses different ministry platforms in the markets. And this is one that uh, that in our city is something that is uh, obviously being used in a special way. And so, Donna, we're just so thankful that you have been here today with us. Is there anything else you would like to leave with the listener today? Or Thank you, Richard. It's, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for what you're doing in our city. I truly appreciate it. It's a delight to be able to partner with you and with the ministry at GMF. And I would just encourage any of the listeners, if your church is not currently um, sponsoring or adopting a school, just get on the website. There are ways to contact us. Not only will we connect you with a school, but we will train you. We have trained former educators who will travel to your school and train your volunteers, your tutor coaches. And it's very simple. It's with a method called Team Read. It's basically just using the Fry sight word list. And we're focusing on K through three, so everybody can do it. <laughs> it's not too difficult. Um, we can do it. And we are seeing children improve tr- two grade levels in one year. It is just amazing what we're seeing happen. And in fact, one of the schools that's been using Team Read that Germantown United Methodist has uh, partnered with for the last two years was moved off of the priority list and became a reward school in just two years. So we're seeing tremendous you know, performance and are just excited about what God's doing in our city. So come on board with us. Join us. We need you. Well, to God be the glory. And Donna, thank you again for being with us today. Thank you. Still ahead on Ministry in the Marketplace, Real World Impact. 
you'll meet a couple who intentionally bring hope to a high crime area of Memphis. We were doing a Bible study out here one night and we had one of the residents that came to us and uh, said, y'all need to leave. Uh, there's about to be a gang retaliation shooting out here. Next on Ministry in the Marketplace. Evangelizing, equipping, empowering. It's the heartbeat of every endeavor GMF undertakes. One of GMF's strategies is to invest in real estate that provides safe, sanitary, affordable housing for low to moderate income people. Both social and spiritual services are extended to these communities. GMF provides empowerment rather than entitlement. Empowerment grows out of being adequately equipped with skills to break the generational cycle of poverty. GMF provides job training, after-school child services, dental and medical clinics, plus education for computer literacy, housekeeping, personal finance, as well as opportunities for spiritual growth. These services are provided at no cost to the residents and are completely voluntary. To learn how Global Ministries Fellowship is evangelizing, equipping, and empowering, visit gmfonline.org. That's gmfonline.org. This is Ministry in the Marketplace. Real World Impact. You may live in a quiet neighborhood in the Mid-South, but turn on the nightly news and you're reminded that not everyone does. 19-year-old broke into a house. A man is dead this afternoon. Police are searching for the gunman who shot up a home full of children. It sounded like firecrackers. Oh my favorite. But not all of the news in Memphis is bad. We need to highlight all the good because Memphis does have a lot of good. Meet Dana and Cassie Leak, two Memphians proving that you don't have to cross an ocean to help people. They are having an impact here in Memphis at GMF's Tulane Apartments. We were doing a Bible study out here one night, and we had one of the residents that came to us and uh, said, y'all need to leave. Uh, there's about to be a gang retaliation shooting out here. And, uh, you know, we packed up very quickly, and, and we made sure that everybody left. And we came out that following week. I want to tell you, even the property managers were surprised that we would come back out after hearing uh, something like that. Dana and Cassie first came to this high crime neighborhood as part of a Bellevue Loves Memphis weekend project. But God had something more long-term in mind. My job as a police officer, these people have a lot of trust issues. You know, they don't trust a lot of people. And so when me and Dana talked about coming out here, one thing we agreed on that, it was for the long haul. It was until the Lord led us away. Whether that was in a year, two years, 10 years from now, it didn't matter. And because of the leak's willingness to be Jesus' hands and feet, lives are being changed for the kingdom right here in Memphis. Some of them never even heard about Jesus. So it's really um, great to see them growing um, in the Lord. Some of them have come to know Jesus since we've been here, so have gotten saved um, over the last 18 months. So that's been encouraging. And just to see their walk with Christ um, over these 18 months has been awesome. Dana and Cassie Leak are a light in the city of Memphis. They saw a need and got involved. Their story is one of significant impact as they minister in their marketplace. This is Ministry in the Marketplace. And now with today's wrap up is Richard Hamlet. As I've shared, we're based here in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis is a wonderful city. The metropolis is over a million people. So we are in no way a small city, 
but we're not as large as some of the other large urban centers in the United States. But one thing that I see in Memphis as I drive around the streets of even the suburbs and especially downtown is there is much reconstruction. There are many buildings that have been, we say, fully depreciated, that accounting term, or those structures that have exceeded their useful life, and there must be rehabilitation. And so we can understand what it means to have a rebuilding project, much like Nehemiah led back in his day in Bible times. I want to correlate that really to the theme here today, and that is this, that God is a God uh, that revitalizes, that God is a God that can make old things become new, that God is a God who is working all things out for His counsel and His pleasure and for His glory, and that God is active. We call that providence. Providence is God intervening daily in the human affairs of man. Oh, yes, we have free choice. Only a foolish man would say we didn't have free choice. But I want to tell you, God in His grace is working through His Spirit to show us places and things within our marketplace where we can take a stand and we can be a sweet aroma for Christ and His gospel among the decay and the death that we see through the curse of sin. Yes, we see it in buildings, but we also see it in human lives, and we see it with families who've been decimated, and institutions that were once founded on biblical principles now being polluted and perverted by philosophies of the world and false gospels. And so here's the challenge for all of us today, that like Nehemiah, that we would ask God to stir our hearts Give us a burden for those who are out in the markets and the highways and byways and who are steeped in paganism or steeped in the philosophies of this world and that they would come to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that may happen through us being that witness, being the one who is pointing them to Christ. And so that is really the challenge today. There is no hope for this world, no hope for our society, unless Christ's church advances forward the gospel, which is able to bring victory to any wayward soul. I want to pray for you today, dear friend, as we close. Oh, God in heaven, I pray now that you would bring each listener close. I pray, God, that they would sense your presence. I pray, God, that they would cry out to you even now, that you would stir their hearts, that you would give them a sorrow like Nehemiah, a godly sorrow to know that things are not well in this world, that things are literally are decaying away. The outward man is perishing. But, oh God, you're able to renew the inward man. You are able to rebuild our lives, and you are able to put the pieces back together so that we might be trophies of your grace, and we might go forth and point others to the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, be with our listeners, Lord. Help them to know they are important. They are significant. They are in place places of influence, and may they yield their lives to Christ today alone, that they may be his instruments of mercy within their own markets. In Jesus' name, amen. Listening to Ministry in the Marketplace. The goal and objective of this program is to encourage creative ways to advance the gospel and to reach the lost through non traditional means. 
Perhaps you've discovered some ways of sharing your faith that you'd like to share with us. And if so, here's our email address. It's info at gmfonline.org. You can follow Richard Hamlet on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Richard Hamlet. We hope you'll join us again next time when Reverend Richard Hamlet and Global Ministries Fellowship bring you another edition of Ministry in the Marketplace. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.